Buongiorno and welcome to my podcast, brought to you by COVID-19, keeping tour guides at home since 2020. Yes, indeed. Normally this time of year, I'd be busy preparing for the upcoming tour season, getting ready to take people on hiking tours through Italy, France, Greece, Spain. But instead, I'm still stuck here at home in Florence, Italy. I can't really complain. Florence is a great place to be in the spring. But after 14 months, it's starting to wear a little thin. I'm trying to stay positive, but uh, sometimes it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel. The Italian government is just starting to ease up on our heavy restrictions. And there's even talk of the country opening up a lot more by the end of the month. So it could be that by May, we're all allowed to travel again, at least within the country. Greece has just announced that it wants to open its borders to international travel by May 14th, not just to the EU, but also to the United States, Australia, the UK, to bring in some tourists to try to get their economy going again. Since I haven't been able to travel for the last seven months, I decided to check in with some of my friends around the world. Last week, I talked to Manu, who's down in Rome. So I thought today I would take you to Athens for a chat with my friend Dimitris. He and I have been guiding together for 10 years, and he's actually not in Athens right now. He's out on a Greek island doing research for their trail system. So he's joining us from his hotel room on the island of Chios. Let's go see how he's doing. Kalimera Dimitris. Kalimera Claire. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm currently away from Athens in an island called Chios, which is close to the Turkish coast. Oh, lucky you. Yeah, I'm doing some research um, in the trails here. It's a work that has to be done for the municipality of the island. They want to make a a new network of trails. So I'm really lucky that I'm back in my natural environment. (laughs) What's the island like? Uh, it's a really, really interesting island. Um, it had a lot of wealth through the centuries. They exporting a particular type of, uh, I would say, spice that is called mastija. It's a, it's a sap of a tree that grows only in Chios. And uh, that was super, super expensive in, in the previous centuries. But also they have fields with um, orange trees that they were also exporting. And one of the most important aspects of this island, it it was that through the road that was connecting Asia Minor with Europe. So the people here were seafarers. They were pirates sometimes, sometimes. (laughs) but uh, that also brought a lot of wealth. And uh, Hios, is that um, C-H-I-O-S in in our alphabet? Yeah, yeah, correctly. Yeah, I remember learning about mastic, that um, it was used in the ancient world, like as a binder for medicines and things like that. It was also used as a, a kind of a chewing gum for, to, for yeah. quickening the teeth. Yeah, it's, it's still today have the same uses, but nowadays you can find an alcohol drink, which is really, really tasty. You can find chewing gums, you can find it in shampoo. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, it has a lot of uses. So, as you know, I've been stuck in the city limits of Florence since uh, September. <laughs> and uh, before you managed to get away to the island, I imagine you were stuck in Athens. Yeah, there is a, a really strict lockdown that takes place in Athens. Um, probably it's, it's, some, it's one of the strictest lockdowns in the world, I suppose, because it's now for almost six months. 
And the people in general, they're not allowed to go out of their um, region of Attica, which includes, of course, Athens. And also, pretty much, you're not allowed to be outside your house if you don't have a reason. So you have to send an SMS with your phone declaring that you're going to the supermarket or you're going for a run. So every time you go outside your house, you need to have your ID with you and send an SMS. And this is really, really tiring. That's even worse than it is here in Italy. We don't have to send an SMS every time we leave the house. Yeah, it's it's really tiring. And um, the police is it's not really strict, but there have been fines about people that they don't follow that. And in addition to that, you're not allowed to go outside your house after nine o'clock. But so you're still allowed to go out for exercise. Um, it was changing through the months. Um, so initially, you were allowed to go only next to your neighborhood. Afterwards, they say it was a fun event because they found our prime minister mountain biking in, in a mountain close to the city limits. And afterwards, they say, yes, you're allowed to go there also. <laughs> so we're kind of celebrating because we're allowed to go to the mountains. But then again, they changed that and they said you have to be close to your house. And now they're changing it again. So it's, it's kind of confusing what you can do and what not. But in general, yeah, you can go outside, outside and exercise. Yeah, and I guess I'm going to have to look at the map here because I don't understand how big Attica is. I've got the Athens city limits. It's really interesting because last week I talked to Manu, who's down in Rome, and we were comparing the sizes of our two municipalities, and it's absolutely amazing. Florence is 100 square kilometers. That's 40 square miles. Rome is 10 times bigger. It's 1,200 square, square kilometers, which is 500 square miles. So in comparison... The city limits of Athens are just under 40 square kilometers. That's less than half the size of the city limits of Florence. So it's harder to tell the numbers in Athens because you've got the city limits, which is actually quite small. Then you've got the urban area, which includes about 40 other municipalities. And then you've got the yeah. metropolitan area, which is huge. So now, nowadays, when we say Athens, it's pretty much the whole area. Okay. And that extends from the sea all the way back to those hills? Yeah. So basically, Athens is surrounded by four different mountains. And one side of it, you have, you have Piraeus, which it's kind of a different city, but again, it's all connected. And the sea, right? But when we speak about Athens, we pretty much include the whole area. Okay. So for the purposes of this lockdown, you've actually got quite a lot of room to move around. This is true, but again, it as I was as I told you before, it was changing, right? So during the lockdown, they were saying you cannot use your car to go somewhere away from your house. Afterwards, they changed that again. Afterwards, they changed that back. They, they took it back and they said you you have to walk only around your house. So it's strange, right? Because in the in the center of Athens, it's pretty much just buildings, no big parks. So it was really, really unfair, uh, especially for the poorest social classes that they didn't have access to a park. If you were living in the suburbs, it was easy to go to the mountains and it was easy to go to the sea. But if you're living in the center of Athens, you have pretty much no opportunity of see a tree. Right. I know I know your sister Nefeli lives in the city center. So, Yeah, I mean, for them, the, uh, close to Acropolis, there is a really beautiful hill called Philopapu Hill. 
So Philopapu Hill was filled with people every weekend because it was the only their only access to a park. Yeah, I remember walking around there. It's really pretty. Yeah, no, it's it's really really pretty. It has a historical background and has great views. And uh, no, it's 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 a it's a great place. But again, if you go there every week, <laughs> it's kind of boring, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> One time I came to visit you all and we went for a hike up in a wooded area that wasn't that far away. I don't remember where that was. Yeah, so Athens is surrounded by four different mountains, as I said already. Uh, one of them is called Mountain Parnitha, which is also a national park. And it's really, really interesting. I mean, from my house, for example, I need 30 minutes to drive there and then you're in the mountain. There is another mountain called Mountain Imitos which is facing Mountain Parnitha. And it's an interesting mountain. It doesn't have a lot of trees, but there are a lot of hiking trails there. And actually, two weeks ago, me and my sister Nefeli went for a hike in a part of the mountain that we haven't explored yet, which is one of the interesting things that you do during the pandemic, right? You have to find ways to, to exercise and, uh, and explore new places. And it was really, really nice because behind that mountain, it's, uh, it's a huge plain. Uh, that the airport is is located. Uh, so we we started from Athens and we passed the whole mountain and we ended up in the other side of that with great views to the sea. And so it was interesting. I mean, you have to find ways to keep you satisfied. Absolutely. That that hike was really interesting, Claire, because there was actually an ancient road that was connecting the two sides of the mountain. There, there was a, a temple dedicated to Zeus during the ancient Athenians' time. So it was really interesting. And uh, above that, there was an old marble quarry. There was still a column left there. So super interesting. Yeah. Is <laughs> there anything left from the, te- from the Temple of Zeus? Not really. Only some rocks that they used them to, to create a base for the modern chapel. So one of the things that I find fascinating about Athens is the fact that like, I don't know, a hundred years ago, it was a really, really small town and then it grew. You could see photographs of Athens from like the 1890s or something. And it looks like there's hardly anything there. Yeah, this is true. And, and this is also super interesting because when people think about Athens, they definitely think about the past, the glorious past of the city. But what is interesting is that through the centuries, Athens starting to lose its glory. And eventually, during the Ottoman Empire times, it was just a tiny village around Acropolis. So when the new uh, Greek state was established in uh, after the Greek Revolution in 1821, the German king that we had at uh, those days... Otto, <laughs> I'm not going to ask you why you had a German king, because I'm sure there's a long explanation for that. It's a long explanation, yeah. But either way, they, they had to, to decide which was... Uh, which should be the capital of Greece. And, and they uh, chose in Athens because it was connecting the ancient past with, uh, let's say, the modern state of Greece and to create glory in the, in the, in the, for the town, right? Uh, so after that, Athens started to, to grow up in size and, and population. And after the 1970s, we had a prime minister at the time that allowed the people to, to sell their lands to constructors. And Athens started to become bigger and bigger and bigger. And nowadays, approximately 4 million people are living in Athens, which it's huge for Greek standards because Greece has 10 million people population. Wow. So that's almost half the entire country lives in the Athens area. 
Yeah, almost half. That's why it's really, uh, if we speak again about the pandemic, that's why it's really important uh, what's happening in Athens. And I imagine your economy has been devastated just like it has over here. I suppose, yes. I think that still people are mostly focused on the pandemic and they cannot really understand what the effects are going to be. Obviously, the last year's season was awful and um, people were hoping that this year will be better, but there is a lot of uncertainty. Does the government offer any kind of bailout measures like we have here to help people who aren't able to work? They do, and uh, they were helpful, kind of, but of course it's, it's not enough, right? Uh, think that the, the restaurants and bars, for example, or the cinemas haven't opened basically for the winter. So we speak about a great loss of, of, of income for people. Yeah, I remember um, there was a brief window last year that the borders were open and I immediately fled and took a flight to Athens. I managed to get to the islands and uh, I had to transit through Mykonos. And the last time I had been to Mykonos, it was it was just jammed. I mean, you could barely walk down the streets with the cruise ship passengers and everything. And Mykonos was nearly deserted. I mean, on the one hand, it was really cool to see an island like that with nobody on it. But it was also very, very sad because, of course, all the stores were open and there was nobody in them. So it's really hard to imagine how much money everyone has lost. In fact, you're on an island now, but is is Chios really known for, for summer tourism? or um, Not really. It's, it's, Chios is not famous uh, amongst um, the foreigners. If they have some tourists, this is mostly from Turkey, because many Turkish people were coming to Chios and they were actually spending a lot of money to the island. But Chios is not a famous island for to come and visit, although I, I find it really, really beautiful. It's really big. Has a bit of everything. It has really beautiful beaches and great mountains and some really interesting medieval villages. So it's really interesting. I'm really happy that I'm here. But uh, if it wasn't for the trail project, I don't know if I would be here now. I don't know. Yeah, well, Greece really has famous. so many islands. I suppose it's hard even to choose which one to go to because there are so many. This is true. This is true. But I found that Chios is super interesting, especially if you compare Chios with the Cycladic Islands. Because the Cycladic Islands now take the glory, but a century ago they were super poor. But in Chios, people were rich, right? So it has a different, different culture. What about the COVID situation on the islands? Have have they had any cases? I mean, are are they under the same lockdown restrictions? Pretty much the whole country is in the same uh, COVID restrictions. So when the pandemic started, uh, we didn't have a lot of cases. So the majority of the islands were COVID-free, but then the tourists came, and I don't speak only about foreigners, but also for, for the Greeks that travel during the summer. Many of the islands start to have uh, cases, obviously, and the things are much better than in Athens, but still some of them are facing problems. The only good thing about the islands at the moment is that many of the people are getting vaccinated and it's easier to vaccinate people in a tiny island. I mean, before Chios, I spent some days in a tiny, tiny island called Psara, which had 400 people and pretty much the majority of them were vaccinated already. That's amazing. Yeah, the government is trying to create COVID-free islands, especially because they're trying to open the country to tourism again, according to what the government has declared they are going to open the country in 14th of May, which pretty much means that they have to withdraw all the restrictions 
and for the Greeks, right? That's so right. the restaurants should be open. Then you should be allowed to travel um, outside your state. Uh, and uh, yeah, we should be free. <laughs> well, that's, I know that's something to look forward to. Um, Italy too is talking about hopefully having a lot of the regions go yellow. Um, yellow zone means um, that the restaurants can open for indoor dining with distancing, but they can open for outdoor dining. And of course, our numbers are still high. Um, I saw the numbers in Greece are still high. But by the time you get to mid-May, the weather is usually nice. People are outside again. And it's kind of what happened last year. Last year, we opened up in early May. And we had that window that lasted until like early October. So I think everybody is just hoping that if we can open up and keep the numbers down and start vaccinating, that hopefully we can actually have a tour season this year. We definitely have the same hope here. I suppose, though, that it's a totally different year from last last year because uh, last year, this time of the year, we had 300 cases or something like that in total. Yeah, the, num- the numbers are really staggering. Since the beginning of the pandemic, Italy has had almost 4 million cases with over 100,000 deaths. Greece has had 300,000 cases with just under 10,000 deaths. So basically, Italy has been much, much worse than Greece, but Greece still has been bad compared to last year. Yeah, which creates a lot of frustration to the people because we have one of the strictest lockdowns and (laughs) this doesn't work. Exactly. I would be pissed off, especially if I lived on one of those islands. Yeah, 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 for sure. Well, I uh, I only have one scheduled tour on my agenda this year, and it actually is a Greek island tour in September. So I am definitely coming to Greece this year. And um, if I have nothing going on before or after my tour, I plan on extending my stay. So if you're around, definitely let's plan on going somewhere. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. I, I, I also have a few tours in September. So I hope that September will be full and we cannot go somewhere together. <laughs> But if not, yeah, we can definitely go somewhere nice for for a few days. Yep. Well, and uh, once we're all vaccinated and the borders are all open, you can come visit us here in Italy again. Oh, yeah. I would love to do that for sure. What's uh, what's on your list? Because you've already done quite a bit of traveling. You've, you've hiked in the Dolomites. You've traveled around Tuscany. You've been down to Rome. What's on your list next for Italy? I suppose that southern Italy will be interesting, especially if we think about the, the Greek past there. So I would love to see that. But uh, I'm in love with the Dolomites. So I hope that the next time I come, I will head uh, up there again. Well, listen, thank you so much for talking to me and enjoy your time out there on the islands. I don't have to tell you I'm jealous. Yeah, it was great. It was great talking to you. And it won't last a lot. I mean, in a few days, I'm going back to Athens. <laughs> <laughs> Well, can't you just stay there? <laughs> I sold, I sold, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, have a safe trip. Uh, send some pictures, and I will see you sometime this summer. Yeah, hope to see you soon. Efkaristo. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Well, that was fun. That's got me dreaming of the Aegean blue sea and whitewashed houses, sipping an iced coffee and digging my toes into the sand. I can't wait to visit later this year. Hope you enjoyed my talk, and I'll see you soon here again in the airwaves. I'll put some photos and some accompanying text over on my blog page, so if you haven't checked that out yet, it's at clairintheworld.net. 
I'll put some amazing photos of Athens from the late 19th century, where basically all you can see is the Acropolis surrounded by farmland. And I'll put some information on the mastic that Demetrius was talking about. It was quite a valuable commodity in classical Greece. So thanks for coming along and I'll see you next time. Ciao, ciao. Rose dei fari e di rose dei fari, giardino.